Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Shout out to Seeky for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They out a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green means good and red means bad. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my promo code Devil State of Mind. Again, my promo code is Devil State of Mind. Click the link in our social medias on our link tree to download the app and remember to use our promo code devil state of mind click the link in my profile slash description of anything that i have i'll have it on all of my links and once again shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing app of the devil state of mind podcast and what is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to a Stanley Cup Finals preview edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are listening to this podcast episode. And thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You already know that I greatly, greatly appreciate this podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And with the Stanley Cup Finals starting Basically today, the NBA Finals just got underway. Major League Baseball now into the month of June. We are now into the month of June, if you can believe that. And with so many other sports as well going on, you already know that DraftKings Sportsbook is your number one destination to get in on all of the huge cash prizes. So if you want to get in on this action, you go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You sign up. Use our promo code THPN. Again, promo code THPN. And as always... Tell them that your boy, Neil Villapiano, sent you. And as always, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And also, another big shout out to the official ticketing sponsor of the, of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, SeatGeek. And if you want $20 off your first purchase at getting some of the best available tickets out there, regardless of it is, including maybe getting tickets to game one of the Stanley Cup Finals in Vegas tonight. You go to SeatGeek, use my promo code when you check out Devil's State of Mind to get $20 off 
your first purchase. Again, use my promo code Devil State of Mind, $20 off your first purchase. And so a shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing sponsor of the Devil State of Mind podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here to preview the 2023 Stanley Cup Finals. And unfortunately for us Devils fans, we are not going to be in it. Hopefully we will be in it down the road. But we have a preview here between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. A very intriguing series, very exciting series. And we will definitely have a first-time Stanley Cup champion this year. And to help me preview this series and also kind of give a little bit of a, you know, how do we get to this point, especially from the Florida Panthers side, we are absolutely excited to welcome on one of the hosts of the FLA Cats podcast, which covers the Florida Panthers right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Mr. David Rodriguez. David, welcome to the Devil State of Mind podcast. I kind of figure I already know how you're feeling, but I got to ask you, with today being game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, Neil. Thank you for having me today. It's truly an honor to be on your show. And to Devils fans out there, congratulations on just a, a great regular season. Uh, winning a round against the New York Rangers was fantastic, but uh, ultimately coming up short against Carolina was tough. But a step forward in your guys' organization for sure uh, after a few years of uh, – one could say, you know, not the best time to be a Devils fan. So a good rebound from you guys and just happy for your fan base and everything like that. So I'm doing well, obviously very excited for today. Something that the Florida Panthers organization and myself haven't really experienced in a long time is playoff success. Uh, you know, Stanley Cup finals was never an aspiration as far as us as a fan base getting to this point, especially how the season started. So to be here today on your show and, with just a great day to be a Florida Panthers fan, it's it's a true, true, truly an honor to be here for sure. And I think it's also fair to say it's it's a pretty good time to be a South Florida sports fan with not just the Florida Panthers in the Cup final, but the Miami Heat are in the NBA Finals, currently down one game to none after losing Game One two nights ago. And they'll look to try to bounce back and try to even the series when it shifts to as they shift it um, to South Beach in a couple of days, but. We are here to talk about the Florida Panthers. And David, my first question to you is this. You know, you look at how, you know, the Panthers season ended the year before getting beaten up pretty badly by the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, one of, you know, your biggest rival especially in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you let Andrew Burnett go after being the interim head coach. He obviously comes to New Jersey and has a really good year. Now he's going to become the head coach of the Nashville Predators. Uh, you bring in Paul Maurice, one of my all-time favorite coaches, a guy who I personally wanted to see become the Devils head coach. And obviously I can kind of see now why I really, really wanted that. And, you know, the Panthers, man, most of the year weren't even uh, in a playoff spot. And they got into the playoffs towards the end of this season, almost on the last day of the season. And they go into the playoffs against the Boston Bruins, the historic Boston Bruins. What were your honest expectations and feelings going into the playoffs when it started uh, for this Panthers team? Well, going into the playoffs, like you said, it was a real struggle at the beginning of the year. It took a lot of time for players to adjust their game to Maurice's system, whether it was hard forechecking or more defensive zone coverage. That was something that Florida last year wasn't really trying to do. They were more transition, run and gun, outscore you every single night. 
So for this year, it took about 50, 60 games, just about like you said, to the clock of midnight to really, really get things going. And, you know, they, they were coming into Boston, that Boston series, very confident, obviously riding a red hot lion who was doing really well for them the last month or so of the season. Uh, kind of something that no one really saw coming. Bobrovsky was getting over a sickness and an illness. And mm-hmm. Lyon had to come in and just provide probably one of the best stretch in Florida Panthers regular season history as far as goaltending uh, on a seven-game winning streak to kind of seal the deal in those last few games. Thankfully, we got a little help from teams like Chicago and Columbus to take down the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals who are battling us really hard in those last few weeks of the season. So going into the Boston series, we knew that we had played them well in the regular season. We beat them twice out of four games against them, but we knew they were a beast. We knew that Bergeron was a little banged up. I'm not going to lie. Most of us had us predicting Boston taking us out in five or six, Mm. Uh, not real optimism as far as the Florida Panthers fan base, just considering the regular season success, their home success, uh, posture not playing at an MVP type of level all season long. So from our point of view, we were pretty much saying, hey, if we can at least get it to six, it's it's a, it's a win, in our opinion, uh, to you know go that far against Boston. So down 3-1, we were kind of, all right, whatever happens, happens at this point. And thankfully, by some miracle, we, we managed to win those last three games. And here we are today. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you look at where the Panthers were going into game five, you know, down three games to one. And then you had that moment where Brad Marchand's got a breakaway right at the end of the third period. And he's got a great opportunity to end the series right then and there. Brodsky comes up with a big time save. Game goes to overtime. And only eight, eight and a half minutes into the first overtime, it's Carter Verhage winning the game uh, for the Florida Panthers, completing the comeback. I remember after um, I remember after the Panthers won game five, I think they showed a clip of Matthew Kachuk in the locker room saying, you know, we're coming back. We're going to come back here and we're going to win game seven. Like he was already right. he was already saying, you know, like we're going to do that. And, you know, they did exactly that. And they had probably one of the biggest upsets in Stanley Cup playoff history, considering what type of season the Bruins had and the expectations that they had going into it. So phenomenal job there. Matthew Kachuk having some big time moments, really, really showcasing the tremendous superstar player that he is. And then you go to the second round series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, the first time in well over two decades that the Maple Leafs finally won a a playoff series. And now they're, you know, one step closer to maybe finally getting over the hump and getting themselves to a Stanley Cup final. And it was a pretty dominant series to say the least uh, by the Panthers. I mean, they were up three games to none. They had beaten up, uh, you know, Toronto through the first three games. Uh, It was a close win for Toronto in game four um, to keep the series alive. And then obviously again, the Panthers winning in dramatic fashion as Cousins (laughs) is the one that scores the game winning goal in game five and overtime. And Radko Gudis with the, Celebration of all celebrations, screaming oh, yeah. right in front of Wolf after the uh, after the Panthers tied it. It's an iconic picture. But, yeah, David, what were your overall thoughts of how dominant the Panthers were in many ways in that second-round series against the Leafs? Yeah, just touching back quick on that Boston series, wrap it up. You mentioned that game mm-hmm. five. You know, as a Panthers fan, you've always felt that nervousness, especially when we've been in the – 
the seat of elimination, there's always that sense that they're not going to get it done. You know, historically, we've been taken out by, like you said, Tampa easily in four games last year, the year before in six. And then we've played the Islanders in the past. We've never been able to get over that hump. So to see that save from Robrowski over and over again now a month later in that game five just kind of like puts it all together that had that gone in, the story's over. It's over. Right. There's no game six. Game six was one of the most exciting games I've ever been to. Seven, five at home. Uh, crazy. And then, like you said, to wrap it up with Verhage, who's been so clutch for us, uh, which is truly special. So for us to pull off three games being on the brink of elimination, all tied in the third period or going into overtime, you can just imagine the blood pressure was just at us at a record high. So, yeah, yeah crazy, crazy to, to, to do that. And like you said, a crazy upset. And then going to Toronto where they were chanting, we want Florida, we want Florida. Mm. To do that in such a dominant fashion, like you said. The crazy thing is, Neil, all of these games have just been so close. They're not where yeah. the Panthers are blowing teams out like 5-2 or we're getting blown out in any way. They've been 3-2. Four one or four two four three, all these games that are on the brink of of a one shot elimination or, or you know take you out in one shot. That as a Panther fan, you're like, God, you know we're winning these games, but it's a struggle every single night. So like you said, credit to players like Kachuk who've come in here and just turn this franchise around in a matter of less than a hundred games. You know he's going to play in his hundredth game in the Stanley Cup final with the Panthers. So. To do something like this is just truly special. Uh, and like you said, that that Nick Cousins goal, just again, just the weight of, on the shoulders just is lifted because, you know, the 3-0 lead and, and, you know, to lose one at home, you kind of start getting those doubts. So, yeah, just again, just credit to Maurice and that staff getting their team playing the way that we've wanted them to play since the beginning of the year and the most important time of the year. So, you know, they wanted Florida and they got Florida indeed, right? <laughs> well, they got Florida and a lot more. And it's like the old saying goes, be careful what you wish for. And the <laughs> Leafs certainly got um, what they were wishing for. And obviously it didn't go the way yeah. that they expected. And, uh, yeah, so the Florida Panthers move on to the conference finals where they take on the Carolina Hurricanes, who had just come off knocking out our beloved New Jersey Devils in five games um, to go to the conference finals. And, it's a very interesting matchup because I think when you, you know, I, I had said after the Devils had gotten knocked out that I felt like the Hurricanes were probably the best team in the Eastern Conference left. For There's sure. no disrespect to the Panthers. I just felt like the way that the offense of the Hurricanes, even without guys like Andre Shvetsnikov and Tavo Teravainen, who was, who was out at the time of the start of the series, um, they were doing a lot of really impressive um, work and so I felt it was going to be a tough series but the Florida Panthers once again who just seemed to love playing in overtime and certainly <laughs> showed that in game one when it took so oh many gosh. damn overtimes to get it get it going and I actually wanted to ask you David I assume you stayed up for that entire game one no oh absolutely I had to my wife was telling me go to bed if it goes to another overtime you got to go to bed we have work at six and seven thirty in the morning so <laughs> yeah i was i was taking naps in between those overtimes setting a little alarm uh between the overtimes and yeah thankfully kachuk with 15 seconds left in that fourth overtime that would have sent us into a, a fifth uh got it done but 
Yeah, like you said, Neil, we 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 broke this matchup down a lot on our on our show. Kirby Ryan, who are my co-hosts, uh, we we saw this matchup very similar to a Boston Bruins type of team, where defensively they just got top guys across the lineup, Slavin, Burns. You can you know Pesci, just different guys that can lock you down. And you know they play that similar style, get in the puck deep and just grinding, grinding, grinding you out. So. We saw very much similarity to that Boston series. We, again, thought this was going to be a long series, six or seven games. And, I mean, credit to the Panthers. They were able to get it done in overtime. And Carolina was in every single one of those games. Three of those games were decided by a single shot, whether it was Kachuk or or, uh, a goal in game three that we won 1-0. So Carolina was in in every single game. And even – Rod Brindamore had said, we didn't get swept, but, you know, they, they did get swept. They did. But I understand what he's saying. You know, every game they were right there. It wasn't a matter where Florida dominated any of those games. Each game could have went 50-50. So, yeah, like we said, Kachuk, that clutch factor. And, and you know, I, I didn't mention this before, but Kachuk has kind of elevated Barkov's game, who we've mm-hmm. always been, been very critical as far as him being a captain going into the playoffs, you know, where right. – he was a great two-way player, but just didn't have that, we like to say that, didn't have that dog in him. Where nope. in, these, in these games where they're tight or you need guys to lay the body down, he wasn't really willing to do that. And we've kind of see that, seen that mature that mature Barkov now come out, especially uh, late in these playoffs where he's hitting guys. He's, he's you know, getting his body in the way, uh, doing different things that we're not used to. So I credit all that to Kachuk and a lot of – you know, Florida Panthers fans have said the same. So, yeah, to sweep Carolina and, and to do it in that fashion uh, was truly spectacular. Yeah, that was a that was as dramatic of an ending to a series as oh. you could get with <laughs> Matthew Kachuk scoring his second goal of the game and obviously the game winner with 4.9 to go. Just a really, really solid goal from him. Love the celebration from him. I think I felt like that was the first time where he actually – wanted his teammates to like celebrate with him because it felt like every time he would score a game-winning goal, he would just want to get off the ice and run into the <laughs> locker room. I don't know what that was about early in this. I think it was – was it the second – I think it was the second overtime goal. He, like he nodded his head to like let's – you know, let's get back in the locker room and they showed him yeah. just running to, uh, well, to the locker the first, room. In the first game uh, where it went to those four overtimes, we had scored in that first – period of the overtime right number that, that was disallowed because of Colin White's goalie interference so my initial thought was like all right we're not gonna let it go to review we're just getting out of here let's get out of here you know we got the bus in 10 I think he said so uh yeah it kind of stuck that way and I was actually in Carolina for game mm. two uh to see that overtime winner so yeah, for him to get out of there and just let, let's let's go home, baby. Kind of what our our uh, announcer Steve Goldstein has said all year when we win yep. in overtime, let's go home. So he kind of just wrapped it up there, and you know we took care of business at home. And yeah, like you said, kind of that uh, Yakupov kind of slide across the <laughs> the ice celebration where it sent the Eppley Live Arena into pandemonium. So yeah, just like you said, just so many truly special moments that we've seen in the last month that uh, you'll never forget. No doubt about it. And so, yeah, the Florida Panthers with the clean sweep of the Hurricanes to move on to their second ever Stanley Cup final. First time since 1996. And fun fact for every Devils fan out there, uh, the captain of that Florida Panthers team in 1996 that um, went to the final against the Colorado Avalanche, 
Tom Fitzgerald, the current GM of your New Jersey Devils. So there's a little bit of fun back. So I'm curious to know if Tom Fitzgerald is pulling for the Florida Panthers in the series. I imagine he is, especially um, I know his son's not on the team, but his son is a part of the Panthers organization, as David mentioned to me um, just before we jumped on. Um, Casey Fitzgerald. We're still waiting to see if Tom will ever take a chance in bringing his son to New Jersey. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But you go into the Stanley Cup Finals and you're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And this is obviously not the same Vegas Golden Knights team that we saw back in 2017-18 who had the unbelievable first year of expansion going all the way to the Cup Final before losing in five to the Washington Capitals. They only have five guys remaining from that 17-18 team. This is pretty mm-hmm. much a relatively um, new Golden Knights team. And in some ways, I think that might be better than um, the Golden Knights team we saw the first time around. And they had themselves quite the uh, quite the playoffs themselves. You know, you look at round one, they take on the Winnipeg Jets and kind of beat them easily. They lost the first game uh, and then proceeded to win the next four, move on to round two. They take on the Edmonton Oilers in a really an exciting matchup against, you know, Jack Eichel versus Connor McDavid and the Golden Knights in many ways were just very dominant winning the series in six games. And then they took on the Dallas Stars and after being up 3-0 and it looked like we were going to get two sweeps in the conference finals, Dallas wins the next two games, forces a game six back in Dallas before the Golden Knights blow out the Stars uh, 6-0 in game number six to move on to the Stanley Cup finals. And so now we have two teams with an opportunity to win their first ever Stanley Cup. So um, my question to you, David, is this. And I remember, I think Matthew Kachuk might have said it yesterday during media day. He said, if we beat the Golden Knights, uh, this will be uh, the hardest road to winning a cup that he feels any team has ever had. Do you agree with that statement? And what are you looking at? Like, what is your outlook when you when you see um, the Panthers – uh, match up here against the Golden Knights. Yeah, quickly to your point on Tom Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, he was he was. I don't think he was our captain in that '96 season. It was Brian Scrudlin, but Fitzgerald. Oh, okay. Fitzgerald was a, a, I think, one of the leading scorers in that entire Stanley Cup run. So, Fitzgerald, obviously, a name in our organization that we've respected. And like you said, Casey has been. Um, we we picked him up on waivers in about March, and he hasn't really played much, but still, he's on in our organization and. Cousins with the Kachuk family, so Fitzgerald's family, you know, runs deep in our organization for sure. But um, yeah, to go to your point as far as Kachuk saying, is this the most impressive run in Panthers history? I mean, I, I can't remember a team beating the number one team overall in Boston, not, not just in the regular season, but in NHL history. And then you've got to think that Toronto, who was number four overall in the regular season, Carolina, who was number two overall in the season, just ahead of your guys' New Jersey Devils. I was going to say, you only, the only team you missed is us. Right, and and it's actually crazy because a lot of us were actually hoping that you guys would play, and we thought that would be an easier matchup for us uh, instead of Carolina. No no, no offense there, but we figured our, mat, our game is very grinding, which we didn't think New Jersey was too much of a grinder team, you know, so – and the Panthers also beat the Devils twice out of the three games that they right. played um, this year. So it, w- it wouldn't have been the most exciting matchup for me if we right, had gotten right. past Carolina. That's for yeah, sure. I think I think everyone's thought it, it ran through Boston no matter what anyway. So to, for anyone that were going to play the Panthers, they figured, hey, at least it's not Boston, right? So 
yeah, for us to do that and, and now to have the Western Conference champions and the number one overall seed in that Western Conference to uh, to beat them in any shape or fashion, whether it's in four or seven, whatever it may be. I mean, you've got to think that this is going to be a historic run uh, in NHL history. You think of we've, we've talked about the L.A. Kings in 2012 as a maybe a carbon copy of what we've been able to do as far as I'm oh, sorry for that one again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't talk about 2012. That didn't happen. <laughs> but but it's, it's been very, very much similar to what we've been able to do. Just dominate on the road, have a goaltender just become red hot uh, when we've needed him the most. So we've taken that similarities very much uh, in our organization, to, to say the least. So for us to, to get this done in any shape or fashion, I mean, uh, you're going to be remembering it for a long time, not just in our organization, but for many years to come, just on how the Panthers were able to do it. So we haven't talked about that too much as far as getting it done. We've been, you know, very focused on a fan base, just focusing on Vegas. Like you said, they've got a lot of strength. They've got a very deep team. There's really no weaknesses on their offensive lineup. You've got an all-star in Chandler Stevenson playing on their third line with Mark Stone, who is a, a Selkie type of player that dominates you offensively and defensively on their third line. So yeah, from top to bottom, they've got elite players, kind of, you know, Maurice has talked about them being a very similar team to every team we've played. They have got Boston style, they've got Toronto style, they've got Carolina style. So, you know, it's going to be tough, but, you know, we we see some strengths that we've had and, and some weaknesses that I think we can exploit uh, that we've broken down uh, in these last few days for sure. Now, before we kind of get into a little bit, a little bit more detailed, um, you know, preview of the Stanley Cup Finals. There's one very interesting story that uh, my listeners want to know about in more context because you had the pleasure of taking a picture um, with uh, live golfer uh, Brooks Kepka, who had just won, I believe he won the PGA Championship, if that's correct. Yeah. Um, right? He brought the trophy to the arena for game three, I believe it was, of the Conference Finals against Carolina, correct? Yeah, it was game three. Um, I, I I sit relatively close to him. He goes to a lot of games, guys. I yeah, mean, he's he, a big he's a big like Panthers fan, right? Yeah, he calls them the peas. Uh, it hasn't nice. really cut, it hasn't really caught on down here, but uh, yeah, he calls them the peas, and and it, it's fun, it's cool, and it's great to that he's you know and like you said in that PGA Championship, he actually said I'm going to go home. You know, he was leading after the third round of the the tournament. He said. I'm going to go home, watch the Peas for their game two game. So, you know, for him to shout him out was great. And yeah, like you said, I've kind of known where he sat all year. And Mm -hmm. uh, we we actually have a store that kind of makes shirts, Florida Panthers theme. And uh, I teamed up with my brother-in-law who helps me make them. And I said, let's make a shirt that says, you know, washing the Peas or love the Peas, something like that, just to, you know, make it funny. So it was during the warm-ups. Uh, we saw him in his booth. You know, we walked up to there and said, "Hey, Brooks, congrats on the, the the trophy and the victory." And he said, "Hey, you know, mind if we give you these shirts?" He was like, "Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll wear them. You know, uh, when I can." And you know, he, he wanted a picture with them. So, yeah, really cool from him. You know, really passionate Panthers fan, like we've said. So, yeah, it was truly a special moment to get a picture with him, especially after just winning uh, not just that, but a couple of tournaments in the Live Golf and had a great run in the Masters, so no hotter golfer in the world right now than Brooks Kepka, I think. So it was truly, truly special to get a cool picture with him. Absolutely, and obviously that picture um, blew up because I believe Bleacher Report um, reached yeah. out to you because they share they reshared that picture 
on their social because I remember the Hockey Podcast Network actually retweeted it, and that's how I saw it. And I was like, yeah. wait, isn't that David from the, the Flood Panthers podcast? And I was like, wow, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, did they did they DM you or, like, reach out to you to ask if they could share that? Is that what happened? Yeah, there's been a couple instances where um, either I've taken a picture or, or I don't know if you guys remember that Brooks Kepka had that that traffic cone or the pylon. Yeah, or, I remember that one. Yep. Aaron Eckblatt. I was actually the one that captured that video as well. So wow. There's been instances where, yeah, whether it was Bleacher Report or Barstool Sports or Spit and Chicklets have, you know, DM'd me saying, hey, do you mind if, you know, we, we post this? And every single time I've been very open and, and willing for them to share. So there's been a couple of times where I've seen it on different, you know, ones that didn't ask for permission. But again, any publicity is good publicity for the Panthers. So if I can uh, share some of those cool moments with uh, different types of, you know, like you said, Spit and Chicklets and stuff like that, it's it's always cool and, and I don't mind it too much. So yeah, there's been a couple that have reached out, some of that haven't, but at the end of the day, it, it's kind of gets the Panthers in people's uh, homes, I guess. In, in yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are obviously, you know, not just um, Brooks, but there's, you know, several other guys that I, I, you know, other athletes that I know that are Florida Panthers fans. I didn't realize that former Jets quarterback, Mike White is a uh -huh. uh, big Florida Panthers fan. I think he actually did. I'm not mistaken. He actually got the crowd fired up for one game during these playoffs. I think he was at a yeah. game with the Dolphins now. Yeah, I can't remember which game it was off the top of my head. It might have been that same game three against Carolina mm -hmm. that he was banging the drum, or maybe it was in the Toronto series. But right, yeah, he was. I think he's a South Florida native, and he was. He is South Florida. Yep. Yeah, so he he kind of grew up around here. I think he went to St. Thomas or uh, Nova Southeast or one of the big schools down here um, right. in South Florida. And, yeah, he's been a kind of a under the radar Panthers fan that I know he tweets a lot with the actual admin for the Panthers on Twitter. So, yeah, it was cool to have him. Mike McDaniel's was banging the drum. Bill yep. Lindsay's been there. Uh, Udonis Haslam from the Miami Heat has been banging the drum. Big Panthers fan, follower of ours on our Instagram page. So, big shout out to the OG Udonis Haslam to to always be pumping out. He likes to call it the home team. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun and cool fan uh sports uh like you said uh whether they're players or coaches whatever that is or that are coming to these games are always cool like the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings sportsbook right now new customers can make a five dollar bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly and with the second round of the stanley cup playoffs just about to begin there are so many different money lines or puck lines and bets that you can make one that i'm really banking on is for the seattle kraken to move on to the conference finals after the second round matchup against the dallas stars they have a lot of momentum and i think it really is a good bet to make for them to win the series how many games they win in is up to you. But that's just an example of the many different types of bets you can make during these hockey playoffs. And if you want to get in on the action, here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. 
In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas City, plus 21 in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for other offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, you know, really quickly here, let's just kind of, you know, have a little bit more detailed preview of this series. So, yeah, obviously game one is tonight. Uh, it's in Vegas and you have two teams that are playing really well. They are hot. I mean, this is this is a very big clash of two, you know, different style of teams, two very talented teams, two teams who one of them is going to finally win their first uh, Stanley Cup. Um, in their history more, I'd say finally more for the Panthers than really for Vegas since they've, they've again, only been here for still a couple of years, if you can believe that. Um, but for me, David, the two guys that stand out to me for the Panthers have to be Matthew Kachuk and the revival of Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, nobody expected Bobrovsky to finally live up to the money that he's making and have a year that he has had in the playoffs. Um, he's a big reason why. In my opinion, I think the Panthers are in this position. You don't you don't get there without the phenomenal performances that he has put up. But um, and then you look at it from Vegas' standpoint. I mean, Aiden Hill, tremendous story. You know, though, you know he's like the fifth or sixth goaltender on the roster for yeah. uh, for Vegas, and he's having a tremendous year in the playoffs. Jack Geico in his first year in the playoffs gets to the you know Cup final. Now he's four wins away from winning a cup. You know, you have. So many different storylines going in. What are what are the things that you're most keeping your eye on in these in this series? And uh, what can what what do you think fans can expect from both of these teams um, in this Cup final? Well, speaking with a few Las Vegas um, podcasters and people that just follow the organization really well, they've said that they've thrived on the five on five play which Florida has also thrived in the playoffs five on five, especially against Boston and Toronto. So I think the five on five play is going to be probably my, my most important factor. We know that special teams for both teams at different times in these playoffs have been a struggle or a success. We struggled very heavily in that Boston series on the PK, but have tightened up really well it's ever since then. I think from what they were saying, Vegas is one of the worst power play teams in the league. Uh, remain that we're in the playoffs to begin with. So five on five to me is just going to be very important. Like I said a little bit earlier, they just got such a deep, deep team offensively and defensively. Players like Petrangelo, Alex Martinez, just elite guys on the defensive end that uh, can lock you down. So for me, it's going to be looking at that five on five play. If we can play our game, get pucks deep, like we were able to do against Toronto very successfully, force turnovers. I think that's where you're going to see the best success from Florida, forcing those turnovers in their own offensive zone and us capitalizing. We were we were prime, prime, prime capitalizing on these turnovers, especially against Toronto, where Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews had clear chances to exit the zone. And they, you know, they tried to do a cute little pass or something. And we were able to just gobble it up and just turn it into a quick goal. So I would say expect the same from us uh, from that point of view, just keep on clogging that blue line when they try to get out and forcing pucks deep. And I think the Panthers will be very successful. And like you said, Bobrovsky, who a lot of us in the organization have said, this is a waste of money. He's just been <laughs> a, 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 a mid tier goalie. He's not going to get it done. And credit to Alex Lyon. Like I said, at the start to even just get us in here, um, you know, battled in these, 
you know, first three games against Boston. And like you said, just Bobrovsky has just turned into a Vesna, Vesna type of Bob we saw in Columbus. And if it wasn't for that, you know, I, I still think the Panthers would have, you know, been in, in these playoff series. I, I truly believe that, but to do it in four or five in Toronto is, and in Carolina was just surely on, on Bobrovsky's shoulders for sure. No question. No question. And, uh, Really, David, I want to I want to obviously get your your thoughts on Matty Kachuk. I mean, you know, you look at it this time last year, he was still with the Flames, and then obviously he wanted out, especially after you know Johnny Gaudreau left in free agency and obviously went off to Columbus. And you know, there was uh, there was a time where Matty Kachuk was nearly a New Jersey Devil. Uh, the Devils gave the Calgary Flames a very big offer, and the Flames said no. Can't imagine what that offer might have been. But uh, Matty Kachuk, I think, also mentioned that the Panthers were one of those teams that he was um, interested in joining. And obviously, they got a deal done, um, with the big one being obviously Jonathan Huberto going the other way back to Calgary and, you know, Matty Kachuk becoming a Florida Panther. And, you know, fast forward, and like you mentioned, he's about to play in his 100th uh, game with the Panthers, it being in the Stanley Cup final. Um, I mean, what is the what has this year been like to have a guy like him go from being a really you know a great player to basically, in my opinion, a, a top five player in the league with what he's done in these playoffs and this year overall? Well, we have our Discord, and, and it's funny because we've always summarized Matthew Kachuk in one word in our Discord, and it's been generational, where we've never had a player like this come into our organization at the prime age of 24, 25 years old, lock in an eight-year deal right away to be in South Florida and truly believe in a winning culture here. Because, you know, we've gotten players and we've had successful runs in the past that we've kind of built through the organization. Like you, you said, Huberdo, Ekblad, Barkov, players like Trocek in the past that we figured, you know, they can mature into the organization and maybe become an MVP type of player. But for a player like Kachuk that was playing at an MVP level, like you said, last year with Calgary, willing and open to come to Florida. And obviously we had to send a lot back, but we know that in the offseason that's coming up, we'll have a little bit of cap room and stuff like that to, to work our way to maybe bolster our lineup a little bit more, especially defensively next year. But yeah, you said it. I mean, just the impact he's made on not just the fans, but the organization in general, just turning us into a kind of like we, we like to – you know, we have a heat culture here in Miami with with the team built by Pat Riley and stuff like that that just has a no quit mentality and they're not going to give up no matter what. So he's kind of brought that here. You saw him on TNT. You know, I, I can't remember the last time TNT had a Florida Panthers player or anything. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley, you know, uh, just bringing a player like that and, you know, speaking with them has just been truly special and just become, in like I said, a less than 100 games in the Panthers organization you've already got to put them in the top five as far as our right. organizational stature and stuff like that. So uh, like I said, to summarize into one word, it's, it's just generational. And, and if he can get this done somehow, some way, uh, I already think there's going to be statue plans or something just after a hundred right. games. It, it's truly been spectacular. And, and we knew he was going to be the talk of the town, but we didn't think he'd be the talk of the NHL just a hundred games in. He has been nothing short of phenomenal for the Florida Panthers and what he has done for that organization to kind of really bring more attention to South Florida hockey and, and obviously becoming the star player that he is and the generational player that he is. It's, 
it's been it's been tremendous um, when you look at what he's done. And he's a pest. You know, he's he's basically everything you'd want in a guy that's on your team and a superstar on your team. And uh, the Panthers are certainly lucky to have him. Um, and really quickly here, Dave, before we um, we give our predictions and obviously wrap up this episode, we did mention obviously the Miami Heat as well are in the NBA Finals, and they showed a schedule. I think I think it might have been you actually that might have shared um, something along the lines of like in a couple of days uh, you're going to have both Florida Panthers and Miami Heat um, championship finals games um, relatively at the same time in the same week. I mean. Talk to us about really what it's been like to have not only your NBA team in the finals, but obviously your your hockey team as well in the cup finals and both teams four wins away from winning a championship. Yeah, truly spectacular. And, you know, like you said, both coming in as eight seeds weren't really expected to do much in the playoffs. The Heat had Milwaukee Bucks, the number one overall team in the NBA at the time. Giannis was a little banged up, but at the end of the day, the Panther or the Heat were able to take care of them really Comfortably, the Knicks, again, didn't really have much of a challenge with the Knicks. And then the Celtics, I mean, it came down to the last game, last game <laughs> in Boston. But what a storyline to say that the Panthers took out Boston Bruins in TD Garden and then the Heat to take out the Boston Celtics in the TD Garden as well in, in the same season. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's hot in South Florida with the weather, but it's hot as a fan base uh, overall for sure. So, to, to experience something like this, I've been a Heat fan, you know, just as long as I've been a, a Panthers fan as well. So uh, to do it in a way that they've been doing it just against, you know, David Goliath type of scenarios the entire time uh, have been truly special. And uh, yeah, it's going to be every other night starting tonight uh, with the Panthers playing game one. And then they take on the Nuggets for game two on Sunday. Then we go again on Monday. Then they play on Wednesday or something like that. So, yeah, not much break in between these nope. these finals matchups. But as a sports fan, it's it's times like these you live for, uh, for sure. And I know in your guys' area, you guys you had the Nets, you had the Rangers, you had all the teams. I think make it for the first time right uh, in one year in that metro area. So that must have been cool. Ultimately, unfortunately, none of them made it to the to the end. But uh, you know, some similarities there just. You know, as a, as in as a city in a metro area, you just can't be more than happy to uh, support these teams from afar. No doubt, no doubt. And again, like I mentioned before, the Heat lost Game One uh, against the Denver Nuggets, and like David mentioned, Game Two will be um, tomorrow. And yeah, basically, if you're a South Florida sports fan like David is, every other day starting today, um, you're going to see one of your teams playing in a championship uh, game in a championship series. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. Uh, down there, very similar to what you saw in Tampa over the last couple of years. So Florida sports in general is doing pretty well, uh, to say the least. But now it's uh, South Florida's turn. But David, man, before we let you go, um, we got to do our our finals predictions. Um, I'll go first and say that I do believe that this Panthers team, is. this is not a fluke. This is not a Cinderella run by any means. I think they are this good. And I do think that they are going to get it done. I'm going to go with the Panthers to win the series in six games and give me Matthew Kachuk to win uh, the Smythe Trophy as playoff MVP. What, uh, what say you? No, I appreciate that, Neil. Like you said, I think from the start of the playoffs, we were given a 0% chance in the Toronto series. We were given a 10% chance in the Carolina series. We were given a 30% chance. 
So to hear, you know, other fan bases truly believing and buying in on this team is, is awesome to hear. And uh, I know I gave my prediction in, in our preview show a few nights ago. And like you said, I just feel like this team is, they're written in the stars, just how they've been playing. And if Bobrovsky can stay the way that he's been playing, it's it's going to be very difficult for, for Vegas to, to pull out games in South Florida where we've had just an amazing turnout, over 20,000 fans a night uh, in those Carolina games. So, yeah, quickly here, I, I said it in my podcast. I think the Panthers have a really good chance to here to do something special. And I'm going to one-up you and say the Panthers can get this done in five. I just think that the Panthers, the Panthers have just been playing at an outstanding, outstanding confidence. There's belief in that room. They've had almost 10, 11 days here to, to get healthy, to recharge the batteries. We've always said Bobrovsky plays best when he has an extended break. Every time he's come back from an injury or a sickness, he's just been back to his form. And it takes a little bit of time for him to maybe lose that form. But we've seen in the last you know 10 or 12 games that he's been playing at an amazing rate. And with another 10 days off, I just think that's a recipe for disaster for Vegas. I mean, can Vegas you know prove me wrong? Absolutely. But I just think the way that the Panthers have been playing and the confidence that they have from top to bottom, Maurice has got those guys saying, listen, this is going to be the time of your lives. There's no pressure on you. Enjoy the moment. And I really think they'll live up to those those promises. And uh, like I said, I'll one-up you and say Panthers in five, but it, it won't be easy. I think every game will be close, but we've been the kings of overtime, and I think there might be a few games that go to that length, and uh, I think we can get it done for sure. Well, hopefully none of them have to go to three or four overtime. <laughs> that's for sure. But, David, man, this was so much fun. It was great to uh, great to talk to you, man. Uh, but before I let you go, because I do this with all of my guests, I like to uh, roll out the red carpet and uh, let you um, tell the folks at home where they can check out the podcast, check out anything else you got going on. And so, my friend, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you, Neil, again for having me. It was awesome to, to speak with your fans and speak with you personally just to – share a little bit on the Florida Panthers side and the hockey podcast network has been amazing to us all year long. So make sure to check out that hockey podcast network. They have a great team of podcasts across the entire NHL. So first of all, I want to shout out THPN and, and all the work they've been doing all year. It's just been, been great to be a part of this network. It's just been awesome. So shout out to them and make sure to give them a shout if you guys haven't already. Uh, for me personally, I'm on Twitter, David954FLA. Uh, Instagram, we have a huge fan page on Instagram, FLA Panthers FP. Awesome, awesome time there if you guys want to give us a follow there. And uh, besides that, yeah, just again, thank you, Neil, for having me. It's, it's truly an honor to be on your show and to speak with your fans is, is awesome. So hopefully we can do this next year as, as you know, we, we talk about some Pan Devils, Panthers matchups in the future and stuff like that. And maybe eventually meet in the playoffs and break something down that would be uh, cool for us to do so. Again, thank you, Neil, for, for having me on this special day to be a Florida Panthers fan. And and I truly hope that the Devils organization can can one day get back to those Stanley Cup aspirations. I truly do. I've been a fan of the New Jersey Devils when I was a kid. Brodeur was one of my favorite players. And Eliash and players like that were always uh, standouts to me. Stevens was, was awesome. So, uh, you know, credit to you guys and just a great fan base you guys have over there. So uh, hope for success for you guys and hopefully the Panthers can get it done. And uh, it'd be great to, to hoist the cup in Las Olas uh, if they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for the compliments, David. Really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, no, you will definitely be back 
on the podcast maybe in a couple of weeks uh, when yeah, the uh, when the Panthers are hoisting uh, Lord Stanley's Cup in, uh, in Sunrise, <laughs> Florida. But, uh, Dave, man, thank you so much again, and uh, we, will, we will definitely talk soon, all right? All right. Thank you, Neil. Thank you all for listening, and shout out to Neil. He's been great for the organization and the network, so much appreciative to you, my friend.